Uh, I want to share with you this morning, if, you, if you've got your Bibles, go ahead and open up to, uh, to 1 Peter. Um, God is, uh, this, this first of this year, um, 1 Peter chapter 1, I was uh, praying and fasting, uh, as I normally do, and just asking God for um, His direction for the year and, and just different things. And um, first thing that God really spoke to me about during my time of prayer and fasting was... Um, he said, I want you to read the Gospel of John. And I said, well, Lord, I, you know, that's, that's fine. He said, no, I really want you to read it. Um, and, and he impressed on my heart to read it every month. Um, now, I've been reading the Bible cover to cover uh, since 2005. Uh, I got a chronological Bible. So every year uh, I read the Bible from, from Genesis to Revelation in chronological order. And I've been doing that. Uh, but sometimes when you do that, you almost you get in a rut. And, uh, and I kind of got in a rut, and he said, I want you to read the Gospel of John every single month. And, and we're only into February, but I've just found such awesome revelations as I'm reading. Um, and I, I read a chapter a day. There's 21 chapters in John. I read a chapter a day, and I just, as I read it, I'm meditating on it and just, just really seeking what it is that God's wanting to show me. And there's been so many things that, that he's uh, poured out in my heart. But the second thing that the Lord really impressed upon my heart was this, is as you're reading John... Don't forget the blood. And man, I just, uh, as I was praying and I was fasting, I started thinking about that. Now, I remember when I got saved and when I, uh, I didn't grow up per se in church. I went to church from the time I was about two till I was about seven. I went to a free will Baptist church for many years. And man, it just seemed like every service, it was the blood. The blood, the blood, the blood. And then uh, when, when I went back into church in 1996, uh, it, was, it was the blood. And uh, man, you know, I think so many times, and there's some great teachers out there. Uh, I, I get to listen to Pastor Paul and a lot of his preaching and his podcast, and Pastor Mike and Pastor Bobby Davis. There's we we church we're blessed in our region. We've got some phenomenal teachers, but I think so many times, as a church as a whole, as the body of Christ, we have forgotten where we've really came from, and it's the blood. It's the blood of Jesus. I would not be standing here today if it were not for the blood of Jesus. I was talking to a young man Friday. Um, we're in about 12 different counties where I go into the jails and have an opportunity to minister to these men and women and help them. Um, if they're looking at sentences and stuff that are drug-related, we work with the court system to get them into a Teen Challenge program. And I was in uh, White County Jail. I was talking to a young man and, and trying to get him into Teen Challenge. And I asked him, just like I asked all of them, I looked at him, I said, if you were to die today, do you know without a shadow of a doubt that you go to heaven? And a lot of times you'll kind of get this, uh, I want to, I'd like to, maybe, you know. He was just emphatic, yes. And I said, now you're in here, you got all these drug charges, you're looking at a six-year sentence, you've done this. I said, how do you know that if you died today that you'd go to heaven? He said, Pastor, I was praying back there in my cell. He said, I've been in jail now for about a month. And he said, I was back there and I was praying. And he said, I went to church as a kid and I got away from God. He said, but as I started praying, I said, Lord, I want you to be so real in my life. He said, I really want to change and I want you to be so real. And he said, that night I had a dream. And he said, and in this dream, he said, I saw Jesus carrying his cross up the road. And he looked at me as he carried his cross and I followed him as he carried his cross up to the top of the hill. And as he willfully laid on that cross, and he said, and I got to thinking about that as I woke up and he said, I was crying. He said, this is the deal. He said, nobody else 
in history would willfully lay down their life. Nobody else in history would willfully carry their cross. He said, I got to thinking about it. He said, nothing else I've ever done in my life. Nobody else has ever done that for me. And he looked at me and he said these words. He said, he bled and died for me. And I sat there in the jail and I just began to weep and I began to, because he got it. And uh, I, I know we're going to get this young man into Teen Challenge, but we got to remember it's the blood of Jesus. First Peter chapter 1, verse 17 says, And if you call on the Father, who without partiality judges according to each one's work, conduct yourselves throughout the time of your stay here in fear. Verse 18, knowing that you were, rede- were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold or from aimless conduct received by the tradition from your fathers, but you were redeemed with the precious blood of Christ as a lamb without blemish and without spot. Father, I pray that this morning you'd help me in the time that we have to articulate that which you've given to me. Speak to your children. Speak to your people. Give them ears to hear, eyes to see, and a heart to receive what it is the Spirit of the Lord is saying to us this morning. And Father, we just thank you, Lord, for all that you have done for us. Without the cross, there would be no hope. But Lord, we thank you for the cross, for the precious blood of Jesus Christ, in whom we have hope, a confident expectation. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, I think about this. Isn't it good to know? I mean, we should take great confidence in knowing this, that no matter what you've done, no matter what your past looks like, no matter what color you are, no matter what uh, family background you have, no matter how bad you think your sin is or how good you think you are, or no matter what it is, it does not matter because he says without partiality, Jesus came and he died for you and for I. Whether you're a wealthy family or a impoverished family or middle of the road, whether you're Republican or Democrat, Jesus died for you and I. There is no level of sin. He doesn't look upon these ladies and say, oh my gosh, drug addicts and alcoholics, uh, you go down here and then you folks over here, you know, maybe you just kind of told one of those lies or you were a little dishonest in your work and you're over here. No, no, no. Sin is sin. And it's the blood of Jesus that redeems us, that cleanses us from all of our sin without partiality. The Bible tells us in Leviticus chapter 17, verse 11, says, For the life of the flesh is in the blood. I have given it to you upon the altar to make atonement for your souls. For it is the blood that makes atonement for the soul. See, back in the Old Testament, from, from the time of Adam and Eve, when they first sinned, blood had to be shed. They were naked. Fig leaves couldn't cover their sin. It took blood. Jesus, or God rather, had to, to kill animal so that they could put clothing upon their back. Blood had to be shed. And then as you go throughout the, the Old Testament, and as you see uh, Moses' writings, there was, there was constant animal sacrifices. There was constant blood shed for the remission of the sin for the children of Israel. 
But God said, that is not good enough. That kind of blood is never going to last. Do you know that the children of Israel every year had to go through the same thing where they would take a goat and they would have to lay hands on that goat and they would have to anoint it with oil and they'd have to send that goat out of the, the city and that goat would go out. But every year they had to do that. And he said, I can't keep going through the same thing over and over. That's called insanity and it's just not working. I need to send a spotless lamb. And he gave us his son, Jesus, who went to the cross once and for all and shed his blood for you and for I. The temple veil was was ripped from top to bottom. We don't need now to to have a high priest that we got to go into this place and give to him. We have a high priest and he is seated in heavenly places. He's at the right hand of God the Father. Jesus Christ came and died and was a spotless lamb for you and I. His blood was shed to remove our sin. We've got to understand the preciousness of the blood of Jesus. Hebrews 9.22 says, And according to the law, almost all things are purified with the blood. And without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. To have a gospel without the blood is useless. To have church and not have to understand the blood is is useless. To try to have salvation without the blood is futile. Muhammad did not die for you. Buddha did not die for you. Scientology did not die for you. Jesus died for you. His blood was shed for you. The Bible says that by the stripes on his back, we were healed. Blood had to be shed for our salvation and for our healing. We need to understand the preciousness of the blood of Jesus. Church, we got to get back to a people that understand what was done. There is a lost and dying world, and people are telling them all kinds of lies. People are telling them that they can find hope in other things. There is no hope outside of the blood of Jesus Christ. Romans chapter 3, verse 23 through 26 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Say, that's me. Okay, three of you have really... okay. All have sinned, so that's me. Okay, I'll never forget this. Side note, Pastor Paul says, as long as I'm out of here, by Okay, this is the deal. I'll never forget, I was in a church one Wednesday night, pouring down rain. I don't know what it is about Christians in rain. They don't like to come to church. But um, I was in this church on a Wednesday night. There was about 12 people in the church. And the pastor got up, and he opened up his Bible, and he looked around, and he saw 12 of us sitting out there. And he closed his Bible. He said, I'm going to do something different. And he started over on this side, and he said, he said, start right here. And he said, just go around, share a testimony of what God's done in your life. And I was sitting over here. I was in the second pew from the front. There was one guy in front of me, and he started over here. And this guy got up, and he started talking about it. He said, you know, how God delivered him from uh, drug addiction. And the next guy was how God delivered him from pornography. And the next guy, you know, he had had an adulterous relationship, and God delivered him. And the next guy, and it just went around. And as they're going around, they're all sharing these stories about these, these things that are just horrific that we don't even want to talk about in the church that God had done in their life. And I'm sitting there thinking as I'm sitting in the second row about where Miss Sarah's at and I was sitting there and I was, I was, I was thinking, Lord, man, just wait till they get to me. Boy, I've got a testimony. Boy, when I tell them about my drug addiction and my sin, woo, I'm gonna, this place, it's going to erupt. Just wait till they hear. I mean, I'm sitting there, I'm building up this horror story that I'm getting ready to tell. But there was a lady that was sitting behind me and I forgot she was sitting there. I mean, I was just getting so worked up in what I was going to share. And she stood up And she said, Pastor, I've never done a drug in my life. 
I've never drank alcohol. I've never smoked cigarettes. She said, I've never, she said, I never had sex till I got married when I was in my late 20s. She said, I've never done any of these. She said, but this is the deal. I was just as lost in going to hell until I accepted Jesus Christ as my personal Lord and Savior. Man, when she said that, I rolled out of my pew onto the floor and began to weep. Pastor looked at me and said, Brother Tim, you got anything to say? I said, Brother, what else is there to say? What, what other dirty laundry do we need to pull out? She just said it. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And if it wasn't for the precious blood of Jesus, and the Bible goes on and says, being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God set forth as a propitiation by His blood, through faith to demonstrate His righteousness, because in His forbearance God had passed over the sins that were previously committed to demonstrate at the present time His righteousness that he might be just and justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. How many of us have faith in Jesus this morning? He is just and the justifier. He has redeemed us by the precious blood. Again, it's not a denomination. It's not a translation. It's not water or wine. It's not the worship team or the pastor that can save us. It's only the precious blood of Jesus Again, I love good preaching. I love a good theological message. I love breaking down the Hebrew and the Greek and the Aramaic. I love it when they get them to rhyme and all these other things. But if we get so caught up in that, that we forget the blood. It's just sounding brass, tingling cymbals. It has no effect. It's the blood of Jesus. As a former addict, it's the blood that cleansed me and made a way for me to preach this gospel. As the executive director of Adult and Teen Challenge, it's the blood of Jesus that we preach and teach to these ladies and the men that we help get into these programs so that they would come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. These ladies come off the street. They come in broken. They come in destitute. They have no hope. Many of them have been in other programs. Many of them have heard false things. Some of them have been in churches that have let them down. But when they walk in the door, we don't try to give them a medication to take. We don't try to psychoanalyze them. We don't try to sit down on the couch and tell us all about your problems. What we do is we introduce them to the blood. In Exodus, it was the blood that was upon the doorpost. And the death angel rolled over. When they come in, it's the blood that's applied to the doorpost of their heart. And the death angel, when Satan rises up again and says, I know you, you were a heroin user, she can stand up and say, not me, sir. It's under the blood. You have nothing against me, Satan. It's under the blood. It's the blood of Jesus. I want to share with you this morning, verse 19, 1 Peter verse 19, 1.19 says, but with the precious blood of Christ. Man, I, I, you can take that part of Scripture, verse 19, 1 Peter 1.19, but with the precious blood of Christ. You can take anything. I was once an alcoholic, but with the precious blood of Christ. I was once addicted to pornography, but with the precious blood of Christ. I was once in bondage, but with the precious blood of Christ. We need to understand what the precious blood of Christ does. The first thing the precious blood of Christ does is that it redeems us. It redeems us. This word redeem means to be released upon receipt of ransom. We were in bondage. 
We were, we were, we were held captive by our sin. But the blood of Christ redeemed us, paid the ultimate sacrifice. Not, not $10 million, not $100 million. There wasn't a dollar amount that they could put on it that could buy your salvation, but the blood of Jesus paid the ransom for you and for I. There had to be a payment for sin that we committed, and it was a payment that we could not pay on our own. It had to be the spilled blood of Jesus. Colossians chapter 1, verse 13 and 14 says, He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed unto us the kingdom of the Son of His love, in whom we have redemption through His blood and the forgiveness of sins. He has forgiven us through His blood. The second thing that the blood of Jesus does is it removes our sin. It removes our sin. Hebrews 9, 13 and 14 says, For if the blood of bulls and goats and the ashes of a heifer sprinkling the unclean sanctifies for the purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit offered himself without spot to God, cleanse your conscience from dead works to serving the living God? I love this. It removes our sin. Now, I may have shared this here before because this right here just really sticks in my mind. And, and I thought about asking Pastor Paul, but I, I didn't want to overstep my bounds. I wish I had a dry erase board up here. I mean, I just love, some of you are um, around my age, probably older, and you remember chalkboards, okay? You know, you could write with chalkboard left and right, and it's still going to show shadows of whatever was on there, right? And then they came out with dry erase boards. Man, that guy has got to be a billionaire. I mean, whoever came with dry, that's amazing. But if I had a dry erase board up here and it was all white, and then I ask each one of you, I'm going to give you a, one of them big old fat black magic markers or dry erase markers. You don't use magic, okay, dry erase markers. And you came up here and you wrote your sin on that dry erase board. If every one of us did that, you know, if I had a, a six foot by four foot white dry erase board and everyone in here came up here and said, I did these sins and we started writing. Don't you know that after the end, it'd be a blackboard? I mean, it'd just be covered with all of our sin that we committed. But then when it was all up there and we prayed and we said, Father, we just ask you to forgive us. Wash us in your precious blood. I could take a towel and I could go across that dry erase board and I could wipe it. And do you know that there's not a remnant of what you wrote left on that board? The blood of Jesus doesn't just kind of cover it to where you can still see the back. He removes it, cleanses it. As far as the east is from the west, he says he throws our sin into the sea of forgetfulness because of the blood of Jesus has the power. 1 John 1, 7 says, but if you walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from some of our sins. From many of our sins. From all of our sins. See, here's where the Greek and the Hebrew kicks in. This is where you need to know this, folks, because you need to know what the Greek word for all is. All. <laughs> deep, huh? I'm not that deep. He cleanses us from all of our sin through the blood of Jesus. The precious blood of Jesus, number three, it redirects our lives. 
The precious blood of Jesus redirects our lives. Romans uh, chapter 5, verse 8 and 9. But God demonstrated His own love toward us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than having now been justified by His blood, we shall be saved from wrath through Him. See, this is the deal. I was destined for the path of a sinner's hell until the blood of Jesus was applied. And boom, I backed up and turned, and now I am on a course for eternal life with Jesus Christ. The blood of Jesus redirects the path that I was once on. I'm no longer headed for hell, but I'm going to spend eternity with God in heaven. Galatians 1 says, who gave himself for our sins that he might deliver us from this present evil age according to the will of our God and Father. See, the precious blood of Jesus changed our destination. Listen to me, church. A changed destination requires a change of character. A change of character is required by a change of habits. A change of habits will change your actions. To change your actions, you need to change your decisions. Let me make it this way. I made poor decisions in my life. Those decisions made over and over again led to poor habits. Those poor habits made over and over again developed the character that people knew who I was by. And because of the character that people knew me by, it directed my destination because that's the path that I was on. Many of these ladies come in and that's what we need to teach them to do is we need to teach them to change their decisions. And if they'll change their decisions, they'll start changing the actions. Instead of getting up in the morning and doing drugs, they'll get up in the morning and seek the Savior. And then when they start changing their decisions, that creates a good habit instead of a bad habit. And if we start making good habits out of our life, then what's going to happen? That's going to develop a character. And people are no longer going to look at these ladies and say, you look like a girl that I used to know, but you look much better. They've got different characteristics about them. And if we change our character traits, then we'll change our destination. We got to change our destination, and it only takes place through the blood of Jesus. Number four, the blood of Jesus empowers us. The blood of Jesus empowers us. Mark 16, verse 17 and 18 says, And these signs will follow those who believe. Any believers in the house? Hallelujah. Be proud. How many believers in the house? There we go. In my name, you will cast out demons. Well, we don't want to talk about that around here. Hey, listen, I've cast out some demons. You start sticking needles in your arms with some of the poison some of these people are doing, there's a demonic around. The demon of uh, Pharmacia and has to go at the blood of Jesus. He says, we can cast out demons. We can speak in new tongues. We can take up serpents. Now, I don't play with those snakes. Those churches that do are foolish people. That is not what that scripture means. If they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. I believe in the ministry of laying on of hands, anointing with oil, casting out demons, and applying the blood of Jesus. Church, we need to get bold about our faith. He didn't just say, well, just come into church and do it. He says, he says, go into the highways and the hedges and compel them. I love that scripture. Compel them to come in. My wife, we, we, you know, a lot of times, I don't know what it is about Walmart and Sunday. Some of you are laughing because you're on the same thing I'm on. So, you know, well, while we're out on the way home, I need to stop by Walmart. I just need to pick up a few items. But see, what she's learned is this. If we're going to make that a quick trip, the best thing to do is leave me in the car. Because if you take me in with you, Man, I'm, I'm finding someone to minister to. 
I'm going to find a sick baby in a cart. I'm going to find some guy wandering the aisle with his head hanging low. I'm going to find someone that needs to know Jesus, and I'm going to turn Walmart into my church. Because I believe in Mark chapter 16, 17, and 18. Man, I'll, 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 I'll lay hands on you right in the middle of the, the frozen food section. I don't care. If it'll, if it'll get you freedom, I want to tell you about the blood of Jesus. God has redeemed us from the enemy. God has cleansed us from all of our sin through the precious, precious blood of Jesus. He has changed our destination from an eternity in hell to an everlasting life in heaven. But He has also empowered us to minister the power of the blood to others. See, Adult and Teen Challenge is a Christian discipleship program. It is not a rehab we are a discipleship program. When someone comes to us that's been struggling with life-controlling issues and they want help, we apply the blood of Jesus. My life has been changed because of the blood of Jesus. These ladies' lives have been changed because of the blood of Jesus. Church, I want to ask you this morning, have you been washed in the blood of Jesus? See, I love that old song. When Pastor Paul said we're going to old school, I was thinking real old school. I mean, he just went back a little. I was thinking old school. The precious blood of Jesus never loses its power. Man, I love that song. Oh, the blood of Jesus. Would you bow your heads this morning? Each and every one, would you just bow your heads? Because I want you to examine your own heart. I want you to search down deep in your own heart. I want you to look in the places that nobody can see just looking at you that only you can see. When I looked at that young man in White County Jail the other day sitting in that orange uniform with those shackles on, and I asked him, I said, if you died today, do you know without a shadow of a doubt that you'd go to heaven? And he said, oh, Pastor Tim, I know that I know. And I said, how do you know? The blood has been applied. He understood the cross. I'm going to ask you this morning, if you're in this place this morning, search your own heart. Don't worry about your neighbor. Don't worry about, well, I've been going to this church for a long time, and, and man, I, I don't want to, you know, if, if I do this, somebody's going to think, nobody's going to think nothing. They're going to get excited with you. If you're in this place anywhere, on the main floor or up in the balcony, every head bowed, every eye closed, if you're in this place this morning, and you don't know for sure, without a shadow of doubt, that if you were to die today, that you'd go to heaven. If you just don't know for sure that if you died today, you'd go to heaven, but you want to know, would you lift your hand in this place? Anybody in here this morning? Anybody in here? You say, I just don't know, preacher. I want to know. I want to know that I've been washed in the blood, that my sins are washed away. If that's you, would you lift your hands? Anybody in this place this morning? Then I'm going to ask you this. Keep your heads bowed, your eyes closed. Nobody lifted their hand. I'm going to assume that everybody in here is right with God. But if the blood of Jesus has been applied to your life and you're born again, are you telling others about it? Are you telling others? Are you operating in the power of the blood? If you're in this place this morning, you said, no, but I pray for boldness to be able to tell others about the blood that cleansed me. Pastor Tim, would you pray for me this morning that I would be bolder about sharing my faith? If that's you, would you lift your hand? Anybody? Yes, yes, yes. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Would you stand to your feet this morning? Would you stand to your feet this morning? Hallelujah.
If you could, just lift your hand towards heaven. Father God, I pray right now as hands were lifted all over this place. Lord, nobody lifted their hand that they needed to know you as Lord and Savior. But if there's somebody out there that should have lifted their hand, I pray before this service is over that they will come and they will get someone to pray with them, Lord, and they will confess you as the Lord and Savior and that they will allow the blood of Jesus to be applied. But Father, I pray for each and every one that's in here that did raise their hand, that they want to be a stronger witness for you. The blood of Jesus has been applied, but now they need to go out into this world. They need to share with others about what God's done in their life. They don't need to, it doesn't matter if you don't have a a, a powerful testimony that I was on drugs or alcohol. That's not what matters. You were lost and destined for a sinner's hell, but the blood of Jesus. But the blood of Jesus. God wants to empower you, church, to go into the highways and the byways. Say this after me. Say, in Jesus' name, I have been washed in the blood. I'm a disciple of Christ. And I have been empowered to take the gospel to all those that will hear it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you.